I'm not getting any questions from, through from the sister side. Uh, so maybe they will come in a minute. We will just ask you guys now. With regard to the, um, the summary of the three fundamental principles, I would like you to summarize it from the audio that I sent. Now that doesn't mean you can't add things from other books. You can add things from other books as well. Uh, but I would like you to at least focus upon the audio inshallah. So we can make it even. Otherwise somebody knows Arabic and they have access to beautiful explanations and it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make it fair. You can add things from other books but try to focus based upon the explanations. I don't know. This one I don't know. I will have a look at it, inshallah. I will have a look at it, inshallah. I'll make a note here one second. The best practices? Okay, yes. That is one of them, yes. I think that it's very important with regard to the Qur'an that we take the sanctity of the Qur'an seriously. That means that when we recite the Qur'an, we should not recite something in our salah that we know that we make many mistakes in. There is no harm if you make a mistake, but reciting something you know that you don't know, you haven't memorized it properly, I would not recommend this because this is not befitting towards the sanctity of the Qur'an. Like our teachers, I remember our Shaykh Salih Sindi, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Hafizullah Ta'ala, he used to say the Shaykh, Hafizullah, uh, used to say to us that don't write an ayah in your exam unless you know the ayah. Because if you write the ayah and you are deliberately guessing it and writing it wrong, this is a kind of inventing a lie against Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So he used to say to us, if you have an ayah, and he used to give marks if a student would write, I don't, I haven't memorized the ayah, but it contains the word such and such. He would give you the mark for it because he said it's very serious for you to write an ayah of the Quran and then just to like, you know, you don't know it and you're just making it up. So likewise in your salat, you can write, recite something that you might have one or two errors in um, or you might forget and then remind yourself, but you shouldn't recite something that you know that you're going to make many, many mistakes in because it's not befitting towards the sanctity of the Quran. Okay, I have this question. Let me do this one first. Okay, what does Islam say regarding on regarding uh, living on other planets? That's an interesting question. Um, there are two parts of that question. One question is: Does life exist outside of Earth? And the best answer I can give to this is that Allah Azza wa Jal has not told us of any life which exists outside of earth. Yani to the best of my knowledge, there is no ayah, nor is there a hadith of any life existing outside of earth except for the life of the heavens, meaning the angels and the jinn that go between the earth and the, earth and the heavens. There is another issue here. 
what is meant by the heaven. And the strongest opinion to my knowledge is that the lowest heaven, as-sama'u dunya is the universe as we know it. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that he has decorated, وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمَصَابِيحِ We have decorated or beautified the lowest heaven with stars. Where are the stars? The stars are in the universe. And Allah told us that the stars have decorated the lowest heaven. So Allah knows best, but to the best of our knowledge, the entire universe that we know, all of it is as-sama'u'd-dunya, the lowest heaven. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best about that. Is it possible then for human beings to live outside of earth, i.e. for, you know, to colonize another planet or to live there? There are, this issue comes back to the ayah in Surah Al-Rahman regarding crossing the barrier of the heavens. And many of the scholars understood this ayah to mean that you cannot leave the atmosphere of earth. And they understood this ayah to mean this. Um, you know this regarding aqtar, as-samawati wal-ard. Yani the, the limits of the heavens and the earth. However, other people understood it to mean the limits of the, the universe that we can see. And Allah knows best. That is the best we can say. As for beyond that, we cannot say. However, we can say that Islam has a ruling for every circumstance. And if Muslims are in space, they have a way to pray. They have a means of praying and a time to pray and a direction to pray, just like if they are on the earth. And Allah knows best about anything beyond that. But many of the scholars say that human beings will not be able to colonize another planet because of the ayah in Surah Al-Rahman. And Allah knows best if this is the correct tafsir of the ayah or not. But at the end of the day, any what matters to us is what the Quran says and what the Prophet ﷺ said. And then whatever happens beyond that, Islam has its scholars that will make its rulings at the time when it is needed, inshallah. We still don't have anything from the sisters. Assalamu alaikum. Um, the time between the Adhan and the Fatha when Dua is accepted, do you have to be in the vicinity of the Masjid or can you, if you hear the Adhan at home, um, you can still take advice for that? And also, what if you don't hear the Adhan at all but you just know it's going to be like that? Mm. Wallah, the wording of the hadith regarding the, the dua being accepted between the adhan and the iqama would suggest that it's that time that it's accepted. And that if it is the adhan time where you are, even if you don't hear the adhan, then your dua will be accepted at this time. This is what the, the wording of the hadith suggests. But there's no doubt that the one who goes to the masjid is more, even more likely for their dua to be accepted at that time because they are gathering between a blessed time and a blessed place. And so there's no doubt that the person who goes to the masjid is, is more, is closer to, to having their dua accepted at that time. But the hadith, the wording of the hadith is general. It seems to indicate that the, that the time between the adhan and the iqama is a time when your dua is accepted, uh, regardless of whether you hear the adhan or not, as long as you know that the adhan has, has gone. Does ulum al-Quran cover sciences related to understanding the Quran? Uh, yes, we mentioned this. Uh, the question, I think, is, is Arabic included in Ulum al-Quran? Arabic as a language is not included in Ulum al-Quran because Arabic is considered to be something that you have before um, or it comes before Ulum al-Quran. However, what is included from Arabic is the Arabic that people would not understand 
or the Arabic that relates to tafsir of the Quran. For example, uh, you could say the Arabic that uh, relates to words people don't understand. So if someone said, I'm doing a Quranic Arabic course, like I'm doing Arabic to understand the Quran, then this may well come under ulum al-Quran because it's a kind of explaining the words people don't understand in the Quran. But generally learning the Arabic language doesn't come under ulum al-Quran, but there is an overlap. So it's quarter past now and we have to finish. We told the Imam that we'll strictly finish at quarter past, but we'll catch you on the way out. One thing I will say to everyone is that if you do still want to do the exam, the exam is still open for anyone who didn't sit it, but we won't take marks. We won't give you, we'll give you like your marks back, but we won't count it officially. But inshallah, if, if anyone at home wants to do it or practice it again, there's no, no issue with that, inshallah. But do like indicate that to us, yani, so we can, yani, something like that, inshallah. Did it work though, in the end?